Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Church Podcast. I got to tell you, um, I think our whole band hates country music, so this is a big stretch for him. So, Chet, from me to you, thank you. Thank you, yes. He's like, really? Really? Um, But they do it with a grin, even though they hate it. So, um, hey, welcome to Foundation Church. If this is your first time here, we are glad that you are with us, um, and we are glad that you are here for our series, Redneck. Now, I was gone last week, and as I was coming back, I started working on my message um, on the plane, and um, as, as I was kind of getting everything together, I was doing a sermon that was going with this song, Get Along, and talking about how so many times peace doesn't just happen, does it? People don't just get along. If you are a parent in this place with more than one child, you understand you have to work for peace, Right? Like, arguments and fighting happen super easy, right? In the church, gossip and fighting happen super easy, but you got to work at making peace. Now, I'm not going to preach that message because my message got changed, but if I were going to preach that message, and if it was going to take some of my time up, which this won't because it's not my message, I would tell you this. I, I, would, I would pose this question to you. Are you a peacemaker or are you a drama creator? Are you a peacemaker or are you a drama creator? And the way I can tell you what you are is this, is what is following you? If peace is constantly following you, then pretty good odds that you are a peacemaker. But if it seems like drama is all over the place where you go, and it's like you have your own TV show on Fox 23, you know, and it's like drama is everywhere. I got got to tell you, then you are a drama creator. And here's what happens is many times we think, well, it's not me, it's them. Oh, no, 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 no. It's all you today. Um, It's like when I went to the state fair in Texas when I was in college. I was in the state fair in Dallas, and I'm, you know, everywhere I went, there was the stench of B.O. And when you smell B.O., you know what B.O. is. Some people are like, I just thought it was onions. I don't know what kind of B.O. you got, um, but my B.O. does not smell like onions, and other people's B.O. I've smelled doesn't smell like onions. Everywhere I went, I was like, man, these people stink in Texas. Like, what is their problem? Everywhere, and I've started realizing, no, I'm the host, man. I'm the problem, and this morning, if you constantly find yourself surrounded by drama, chances are You're the host. (laughs) You're the one creating the drama. And I would tell you this, if I was going to preach it, is this. 
I've never seen a person's life full of peace that wasn't full of joy. I've never seen a person's life that was full of peace, their marriage that was full of peace, their family, their friendships full of peace that wasn't full of joy. And so are you a drama creator or are you a peacemaker? Um, Great question, but I'm not going to preach that. So today I want to talk to you about something that happened when Casey and I uh, were watching the news and we were in bed, it's 10, 15 at night, and it was uh, about a year ago when the tornado came right in this area, right in this area of Tulsa, um, and the news channels are out and they're, you know, interviewing people that tornadoes hit. And, and in the, the part of the interview, it, this, this lady, they found a clip that was video liquid gold um, that had nothing to do with the interview, nothing to do with the story. Um, They found this lady who was on for like five seconds and went to the rest of the story. And she had a tank top on, she had jams, she had house shoes, and she had a cigarette that was hanging out of her mouth with all the ash that you're just like wanting to go, just knock, knock it off. Just, just, do that, or you're going to burn, you're going to catch yourself on fire. You're just like, you know, that's going to hit your house shoes and you're going to be like, boosh. Um, and she's, she's sitting there, Casey and I are, are, are like ready to go to bed, and she, it just pants to her, and no lie, she looks at the camera, cigarette hanging out, and she goes, I ain't afraid no nader. <laughs> and then it goes off. And I mean, she's dead. She, I ain't afraid no nader like that. And like curls her lips up. And Casey and I fall out of bed laughing. I'm like, no way. Like, so, she didn't say afraid. She, if this is your first time to Foundations Church and you're from the north, let me explain what a nader is. A nader is a tornado. Um, so there you have it. Um, but she said, I ain't afraid of no nader. And it struck me um, as I was preparing for this that there's a lot of us, there's some things we should be afraid of that we're not. Um, for a, a, a great multitude of us in here today, when a tornado comes your way and the weatherman is saying, hey, All of you in this vicinity, the Jinx Bixby Broken Arrow vicinity, a tornado is on the ground. A tornado, a nader is forming, you know, take cover. You don't take cover. What do you do? You go outside, right? Yes. And the reason you know the answer to that is because you do it. And you're doing this. You're recording it with your cell phone. You're holding metal up in the air. I mean, you're just... You're just deciding that you're going to be like Benjamin Franklin and try to rediscover electricity, something. Um, but but we, we, should we do that? No, no. But the opposite is way more true. There's a lot of us that we're afraid of things that we really shouldn't be afraid of. And the problem is, is that fear has come in and it's dictating our life. It's running the show. And we don't, we shouldn't, always be fearful. We shouldn't always be anxious. In fact, the Bible says this in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. 
Now, if you've grown up in church, you've heard this verse quoted. Um, I, I, I know this verse. I quoted this verse when we were starting the church, when we were buying this building. I mean, this was like a mantra for me. And for some of us, we know this verse. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. And you say it when you're fearful. You say it when you're anxious. You're, you say it when you just seem so stressed out and scared of what if, what if, what if. And you keep saying 2 Timothy 1.7, God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind, but a power of love and a sound mind, but it never becomes a reality in your life. There's a disconnect. So how do you get this verse, this verse right here, how do you get it from being a scripture you know to being a scripture that is reality in your life? How do you, how do you live a life that's not afraid of no naders, right? How how do you do that? Well, the first thing is I, I, I truly believe we have to understand how fear operates in our life and we have to understand what courage unlocks in our life. And the first thing I would tell you is this, is fear keeps you comfortable, but courage makes you significant. Makes you significant. Fear keeps you comfortable, but courage makes you significant. I love this quote by Stephanie Mill, Millish. She says, fear is an idea crippling, experience crushing, success stalling inhibitor inflicted only by yourself. Fear is an idea crippling, experience crushing, success stalling inhibitor inflicted only by yourself. Fear keeps you from trying anything new. Fear keeps you comfortable, but courage makes you significant. Fear will hold your dreams hostage. Fear will keep you from trying things new. This is the way fear operates. Fear keeps you kind of testing the water with your toes, right? Like you're like, ooh, it's cold. I don't think I'm gonna get in. Courage, you cannonball in. Like, I hope when I'm 80 years old, I still just jump in the water. You know, like, I'm just like, I'm all in, you know? And, and for a lot of us, the way we're living life, we're just testing the water. We're like, I don't know if this is a good day for that. I don't know. But that's not the way God is calling us to live our life. He's calling us to cannonball in this life. And the Bible says this in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. It says, this is my command. Notice, it doesn't say this is my option, this is my suggestion, no, 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 no. This is a command from the Lord. This is my command, be strong and courageous. Some of us just need to focus on those words. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Why can I be strong and courageous? Because I realize I'm not in this alone. I realize that I'm not going after the dreams and the purpose that God has for me alone. Why don't I have to be afraid? Why don't I have to live my life in fear? Because God is with me wherever I go. Be strong and courageous wherever you go. Here, here's the whole setup for this text because it's great to hear a verse, but when you understand the context of it, that's when it has power. Joshua is getting ready to cross the Jordan River to go take hold and possess the, the promised land that God has had for the Israelites since they left Egypt with Moses. But because the Israelites were full of fear when they went and checked out the promised land, the spies came back, 10 of them 
some were freaked out, but Joshua and Caleb, the two that, that got to actually go inherit the promised land, were strong and courageous. They're like, we can do this. The other 10 were like, you guys are crazy. You're out of your mind. They spread fear all around the place. And isn't it funny how fear spread so quickly without any effort? And all the Israelites freaked out. They want to stone Moses and Aaron, and God's like, you know what, I'm done with you guys. The only two people in this whole area that are going to possess the land are Joshua and Caleb. And isn't it funny, out of the 12 spies, we only really remember Joshua and Caleb. Because fear will always keep you comfortable. Fear will always keep you with what you have known. And so the Israelites decide, you know what, I'll just stay wandering instead of possessing. And that's really what life is. Fear will keep you wandering, or you can decide to step in and be strong and courageous and start possessing, starting to take hold of what God has for you. And this is where Joshua is. It's it's go time now. The the wandering is done. The confronting has happened. And and Joshua has said, I'm not going to live a life full of fear, but I'm going to live a powerful life, a life full of power. And that means I've got to be strong and courageous. What God didn't say is that he said, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged. He did not say that you aren't going to do anything that's going to freak you out, Joshua. No, it's not here. He didn't say, hey, you know what? You're getting ready to engage in some scary stuff. He He knew he was getting ready to do stuff he had never attempted. He was getting ready to fight Jericho's cities with walls around it and see God do things that he had never done before. You talk about freak out moment, man. That's a freak out scary moment. But in the middle of all the scary things that God had ahead for Joshua, he says this, be strong and courageous because even when you're engaging in things that scare you, I'm with you in it. I'm with you in it. You're not in it alone. And that's why you can be bold and courageous, why you could be strong and courageous. And the question is this, are you going to stay in your wilderness wandering or are you going to have courage and start possessing what God has for you? Because a lot of us, man, we're just letting fear dictate it all. And tons of us, we are so busy running away from our fears that we don't have time or energy to run after the dreams and the purpose that God has placed in our life. Reminds me of Casey and I's trip this past week. We went to uh, Sedona, Arizona. And there's all these different hiking trails and bouldering trails and things you can climb. And uh, probably the most famous and kind of one of the harder ones is called Cathedral Rock. It's the toughest one we did. And um, it's, it's an actual climb. It's not, it's not like we were mountain climbing. Don't, don't, I'm not trying to paint a picture like, yeah, we were hanging on a cliff by one hand. Um, nothing, nothing like that. But you were bear crawling. I mean, you were on all four climbing up these boulders to get up, and, and there were some freaky moments, and my wife's back was hurting her on this trip. Um, she pulled something before we went, and she's like, man, I just don't know, and we get halfway up, and it wasn't getting up, it was how am I gonna get down, right? Like you, when you were a kid, you climbed a tree, and then you were like, ah, what do I do? Um, that's kind of where Casey was like, I don't know how I'm gonna get down, and you get to halfway up there, and all these people are like, I'm out, I'm, I'm done, I'm not going any further, and they look like pretty smart people. And I was like, we're not going to listen to them. Um, (laughs) 
we're going to keep going. You know, we're not, we're not halfway winners, are we? There's no such thing as a halfway winner. That's called a participation trophy, and I think you're a halfway loser. Um, but... And she's like, I just don't know about my back. And so we're, we're by ourselves. It's kind of like our anniversary trip, even though our anniversary is not until September. We had a free week without kids, so we went for it. And I'm like, okay, okay, don't ruin the whole week, but I got to get her up on the top of this hill. I'm like, you know, babe, I'm so proud how, how tough you are and strong you are, and you're doing, man, you're doing better than probably any woman in your situation would do. And I believe you can make it up that hill. I believe in you. You're so good. You know, um, <laughs> and so we get up three-fourths of the way, and she's like, this is close enough. This is close enough. You know, we're, we're, it's not going to be much different than this. I'm like, we can't quit now. We are so close. This is going to drive me crazy if we don't go all the way. And so she made it all the way up the hill, and funny enough, it was easier to go down than it was to get up. But when we got to the top, we took this picture that says, end of the trail. And I got to tell you this is that the view up there was mind-blowing. At this time, last week, we were up there, and I was having me a Jesus moment up there. I was over on the side by myself. We were up there, and nobody else was up there. Nobody else had made it. There was tons of people halfway up, but there was nobody all the way up because people were afraid. People weren't sure. People thought, ah, it's good enough. And can I tell you, that's what fear will always cheat you out of the view God has for you. Man, fear will always say, ah, this is good enough. Well, I, I've done more than I thought that I could, or I've done more than other people have done. Your measuring bar is not what other people have done. Your measuring bar is what is God calling you to, because the temptation will be to say, man, it's good enough. Man, I've done more than I thought I could. Man, I thought, but if you don't step into the courage and you let fear dictate your life, you will never step into the significant things that God has for your life, has for your marriage, has for your kids, has for God. Everyone I know wants to live a significant life, but they don't want to do the scary thing to get there. And you've got to do the scary thing. You've got to be strong and courageous, even when it means doing the scary thing. And don't fall for the temptation. Well, it's not going to be much different if I keep going. Oh, it's the whole difference in the world. Because that view wasn't halfway up the mountain. That view wasn't at three quarters of the way up the mountain. That view was only at the top at the end of the trail. And that happens when you realize, man, I'm gonna do the courageous thing instead of letting fear dictate my life. So how, how do you come to this place? We, we understand what fear is gonna do. Fear wants to keep us comfortable. And your comfort, will ne your significance will never be found where you're comfortable at, I'm just telling you. Your significance will always come where you're being stretched. So we understand courage brings significance, fear brings comfort. Well, how do you live life not afraid of the naders of life, right? How, how do you get to that place where you're like that woman, I ain't afraid of no nader, bring it, bring it, bring it. I'll blow you the other way. You know, how do you come to that place? I, I really, truly believe this to my core. You have to be willing to confront your fears to conquer your fears, you have to be willing to confront your fears to conquer your fears. I love what Susan Jeffers says. She says, feel the fear and do it anyways. 
right? Feel the fear and do it. Anyways, this wasn't in my notes, so you're welcome. Um, the other day, I was moving our trash can in front of our garage. I don't have shoes on. I'm just moving it up to the road so that my trash gets picked up. And in the process of that, a snake about this big was underneath my trash can. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. It really was about this big. This isn't Sunday morning Justin talking on the platform right now. Um, it really was about this big. It was black. And I'm telling you, I spoke in tongues and walked on the air. Um, I was like, ah, um, I... Some things you should be afraid of, snakes are one of them. I'm just telling you. Like, oh, that's not a ba bad snake. Just hold it. Like, Joe Harmon, you having your kids hold snakes, you're crazy, man. You're just crazy. Something wrong. Anyways, so, so here's the problem. My garage doors are shut. I've got no shoes on, and I'm taking my trash can up to the road very quickly at this moment. The snake slithers into my garage. Now... <laughs> After speaking in tongues, there may have been a little cursing that happened because I hate snakes. I can do spiders, all, I'll wrestle an alligator. But a snake? Nah. And so a snake goes into our garage, and I'm like, what do we do? What, what do I do? Casey is taking Chloe to basketball. It's me and Charlie, and I call Casey. I'm like, there's a snake in our garage. What do I do? And she's like, I don't know. Just leave it there. I'm like, what? You don't leave a snake in your garage because they get bigger. You know, I'm like, no. And so I walked in. I looked at Charlie. I was like, Charlie, you're with me. Get some boots on. We're snake hunting. She's like, Dad, it's 9 o'clock at night. I'm like, you'll never remember a TV show you watch at 9 o'clock at night, but you're going to remember this night forever. It's going to live in infamy. I'm in shorts. She's in shorts. We're in boots. I'm in boots. And we're pulling everything out of the garage. Like Casey shows up. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, we're hunting snake. Not snake, snake. She pulls up. And Charlie's down on the ground looking underneath stuff. And she's like, Justin, why aren't you looking and Charlie holding the shovel? I'm like, because it's sharp. She might stab me in the face and this is the money maker. Come on, Casey. <laughs> like, we just gotta use our, our heads here, right? <laughs> Here's the deal. We never found the snake. If you have a pet mongoose, can I borrow it? <laughs> Here's the problem. Every time I walk into my garage, I'm not kidding. Every time I walk into my garage, I'm turning the light on and I'm looking, man. And if you break into my house and you put a rubber snake in my garage, <laughs> you are no longer welcome at Foundation Search. <laughs> here's, the, here's the problem. A little bit of fear wreaks a whole lot of havoc. Just like, it, well, it's just a big snake. It's a snake I'm scared to death of. I don't care if it's a good snake. It's a, it's a snake, and there is no such thing as a good snake. A little bit of fear in your life will wreak havoc. And if you're not willing to confront it, you'll never get over it. If you're not willing to hunt it down and cut the head off, it's never going to get better. Here's what the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 8 through 16. It says, Then the Lord said to Elijah, Now go into the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. 
So he went to Zarephath, and as he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks, and he asked her, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? And as she was going to get it, he called to her, bring me a bite of bread too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house, and I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug, and I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die." But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, there will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Now I want you to think about this story. It's easy to read stories, but think of it from the viewpoint of the widow, of the mom. She has enough stuff, enough ingredients to make one more meal for her and her boys And then she's going to go home, and after that meal, they're going to go asleep, and they're going to starve to death. That's the plan. That's the resources she has. That's the big plan. There is no option B. There is no option C. This is the only option. And Elijah shows up and says, you know what? I I know that you feel like you're stuck. I know that this is the only situation you have, but I need what you have. And it's amazing to me because he says, don't be afraid. When, when you feel like you've got no other options, he's saying there's, there is an option and it's with God, but you, in order to get to that place, in order to get to the point that I'm telling you, you, you can't get there if you're afraid because fear is gonna make you hold on instead of release. And can I tell you, that's what fear does. Fear makes us hold on instead of release it to God. It makes us not willing to confront it instead of going after it. And you have to decide, am I gonna live my life fleeing or am I gonna live my life confronting? Am I going to live my life fleeing from all my fears? And every time I step into the garage, I'm freaked out. Every time I go to the workplace, I'm freaked out. Every time I run into that place, every time I check my bank account, every time that I'm thinking about doing something new, I'm freaked out. And so I don't do it because a little fear wreaks a whole lot of havoc. Or are you going to be willing to confront your problem and go after it? Because here's the deal. When you place it in God's hands, there's always enough. There's always enough. And you can be strong and you can be courageous because the Lord's with you every step of the way. Here's what I would say. For some of us, we feel stuck and you got nothing left. And you're going, okay, let's do it. For some, for some of you where you've got a lot, a lot of times it's harder to trust. When you got nothing to lose, man, sometimes it's like, okay, let's do this. Let's go for it. Woo, I'm all in, Right? But when you got a lot to lose, that's a lot harder to trust. And what is God asking you to trust him with? Man, I know this is scary. I know that you're thinking about doing this. Man, I know that you've been thinking about going on this mission trip, but you're scared out of your mind. I know that you're thinking about changing jobs. I know that you're thinking about starting to do this with your finance. I know, I know, I know. But if you will trust, man, if you will be brave enough to confront it, Watch what I will do because you can be strong and you can be courageous because the Lord God is with you. But the last thing is this. 
Courage doesn't just hope, it gets to work. Courage doesn't just hope, but it gets to work. Dale Carnegie said this, if you wanna conquer fear, don't sit home and think about it. Go out and get busy. W. Clement Stone said, thinking will not overcome fear, but action will. Many times thinking is what helps produce fear. You think about it too long. You think about it. And I gotta tell you, on that last point, man, say yes and freak out later, right? <laughs> Just say yes, and then what have I agreed to? What am I? This is what Casey does. Anytime I ask her to speak, she says yes, and she's like, why, why? Because um, it freaks her out. But you're never gonna get over what you aren't willing to confront. And I gotta tell you, you will never, ever get over your, feel, your fear if you're not willing to go to work at it. If you just hope it away, it's not gonna go away. I love what David says to his son, Solomon. David has supplied Solomon with all of the, uh, all the things he's gonna need to build the temple. David wanted to build the temple, but God said, no, 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 you're not, you're a man after my heart, but you're a warrior, and you're not suited to build the temple for me. That's a job for your son, Solomon. So David doesn't just say, good luck, Solomon. He gets all the resources, all the gold, all the silver, all the brass, all the copper, all that that, they, uh, that, that Solomon is going to need, and he says this to his son in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 20. It says, then David David continued, be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged. Things aren't always going to go right. Things are going to go wrong. For the Lord my God is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. He will see to it that all the work related to the temple of the Lord is finished correctly. And for some of us, we need to know the very first part of this verse. Be strong and courageous and do the work, do the work. There's something that's happening in our society is that it, it's kind of a lost attribute even in the church is that we're not willing to work for it anymore. We're the microwave generation. We are, if I'm not on LTE network, I'm not using my phone at all. I'm on stupid 4G, this is so slow, it's taking forever, right? We're the microwave generation. We don't settle for the crock pot even though that's a lot better, we want it now. We feel like that's the way life should be. It shouldn't take work, it shouldn't be this hard, it shouldn't take that long to get up there to see that view, it should be instantaneous. I should be good at this now. I should have what my parents have now, even though I'm only two years old, you know? I, I, and we don't want to work for it. And some of you, man, you've been dealing with fear, but you're not willing to work at your fear. And you're strong and you're courageous, but hear me, this is, man, this is the, the, not the devil in the details, but this is the detail moment that you've been going over. Do the work. You've been hoping you would get better. Do the work. I love the story of Travis Osborne. Travis Osborne was the first guy to get his hands on Marcus Luttrell. Marcus Luttrell is a soldier that is, his, his story's depicted in Lone Survivor in the movie, and on the back of their helmets when they were going to save Marcus Luttrell and grab him and bring him back home, on the back of their helmets it said, abandon all hope. And somebody asked, why would you put abandon all hope on the back of your helmet for a slogan? It seems really dark and it seems depressing. And I love his response. He said this, because hope is not a plan. Hope doesn't make things happen. Action does. 
Can I tell you, for some of us, we've been hoping things would get better instead of working to make things better. You've been hoping to become that man of God that your wife deserves to become that woman of God that your husband deserves to be the parent your kids deserve to be the kid your parents deserve. Man, you've been hoping, but my goodness, you got to start putting some work into it. And you got to call sin, sin. You got to call an addiction, addiction, and decide that you are going to nail it to the cross and you're going to put work in and that you are going to become a better you because that's what God has called you to. It's not going to become easy. It's not going to happen. You just staying comfortable, but be courageous and be bold and do the work. For some of you, you're like, man, I feel like this career is what I'm supposed to do, but there's so much risk involved, and I'm not sure about it. Man, you got to do the work. you got to put the work in. Go for it. Jump off the edge of the pool and jump into the deep end and watch God not fail you because he says, be strong and courageous for the Lord God is with you every step of the way. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what God is asking of you. I don't know what God is calling you, but I know this is that for every single person in here, where you are, he's called you to live a significant life and not a comfortable life, and that always takes work. Work for it. Stop hoping your life gets better and start being courageous Start being bold. Stop letting fear dictate the path of your life and hold your dreams captive. Be strong. Be courageous. Do the work. And take the nader down, man. Because he has amazing things and amazing views, but very few will be willing to put the work in to see all that he has for him. Do the work. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. God, I, I ask right now, Lord, this is a message that, man, so many of us, we struggle with anxiety. So many of us, we struggle with fear. We struggle, am, am I even good enough? What, what if people don't like me? What, if, what are people going to say? And we let everybody else's opinion form what we do instead of what you're calling us to form what our life is going to truly be about. And so God, I pray in this place that we would just take inventory this morning. We would take an honest look at where we are and what our life is really about. Is our life just about existing in comfort or is it about being courageous and significant? God, for some of us, we're hoping our marriage would get better. We're hoping our kids would get better. But Lord, we're not willing to put the work in and have the difficult conversation. Lord, I pray for some of us, it's just about us being willing to do the work. We're strong and courageous, but we're hoping instead of doing the work, we, we don't want to have the tough conversation because that takes work. We don't want to do the responsible thing because that takes work. We want to do the fun thing, but instead of the responsible thing. But Lord, I pray that our life wouldn't be dictate by, dictated by our emotions, but it would be dictated by where your courageous spirit wants to take us, and that always gives us self-control and patience. It always gives us diligence to be willing to put the work in to see the miraculous happen. 
When Joshua crossed the Jordan and he took hold of the promised land, God, it was significant. It was amazing. It had never been done, but God, it took work. It took effort. And so, Lord, I pray in this place that if we're more concerned about our comfort than our significance, that there would be a wake-up moment. Lord, some of us, we've allowed fear to totally sidetrack our life and our dreams, and we've just settled. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that we would take a look. Are we running or are we confronting? And the Lord, we would take action. And that we would be bold. We would be strong. We would be courageous. And we would do the work. With heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here. And I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We want to give you a chance to change that. This morning, you may be here and maybe you just say, you know what, I'm just not where I need to be and I need to come back home. I just need to recommit my life. When I count to three, all I want you to do is lift your hand and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone this morning you say, Justin, that's me. Justin, that's me. There's one, there's two. Is there anyone else you join these two hands that are lifted? You say, Justin, that's me today. And I want to join these two hands that are lifted before we go any further in service. There's one other hand. Is there anybody else? You join these three hands that are lifted before we go any further. Don't miss this moment. Don't miss this moment. Yeah, I see you. Is there anyone else? You join these four hands that are lifted. Yeah, I see you. Is there anyone else? You join these five hands that were lifted before we go any further in service. You say, Justin, that's me. If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up. But I ask for your forgiveness. God, I pray that your love and grace would enter my life. I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we give these five individuals that raised their hand a huge round of applause? Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.